I'm Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. You can also join me for my live show five days a week, 9 a.m. to noon on AM 670 KMZQ. If you forget all that, you can also check out HeidiHarris.com, where my books are up there, blog posts, obviously podcast archives, and there's a link to listen live to the show from anywhere at HeidiHarris.com. This week, we have one of my favorite guests on the show, Jonathan Honig from CapitalistPig.com. You also see him on Fox News frequently, at least a couple of times a week. He's a hedge fund manager. Wanted to talk to him about the ever-given ship that was stuck in the Suez Canal. I got to tell you, I was fascinated about it all weekend long. By the time we talked, the ship had been freed, but hundreds of other ships were still stuck behind it, having to get through. They were already way behind schedule. And we talked about the larger issue of the fragility of the global supply chain, which is a big deal. Jonathan Honig from Fox News Channel and CapitalistPig.com on my live show this week. The Politics of Life. The Heidi Harris Show on AM 670 KMZQ. Good morning. All right. Call me a dork, but I was fascinated by this thing all weekend long. The Suez backup and the people were creating crazy memes about it but it's no joke this ever given ship has now been freed with 20,000 containers still on it luckily they didn't have to take all those off but there are hundreds of ships stuck behind it and it's going to take who knows how long to get that thing moving uh, the Times of Israel is reporting that IKEA furniture and 130,000 head of livestock are stranded trying to get through this log jam. It's a mess. It's going to affect the markets. Jonathan Honig is here from CapitalistPig.com. You see him on Fox News all the time, including this morning. We had to move him, but we're so glad he made some time. How are you, sir? Good to talk to you again. Great to be with you, Heidi. Yeah, I mean, look, two words, supply chain. Yep. And as much as we want to uh, kind of uh, avoid the fact, it is truly a global supply chain. So, you know, the the toilet paper, or my, more likely some of the pulp for the toilet paper that we use here in America, at some point probably comes through the Suez Canal. Same with so many other types of equipment, electronics, energy. Uh, that, that global supply chain, when it gets a kink in it, as it did with the Suez Canal or the tariffs under the, the President uh, Trump's administration, Oh, we see uh, disruptions across the globe time and time again and higher p- prices to boot. Yeah, this is amazing. We're speaking with Jonathan Honig from CapitalistPig.com. Because even though they've gotten this ever-given move and now a little bit, still you've got hundreds and hundreds of ships behind it. That's going to take who knows how long. Because they, I was reading somewhere they average about 50 ships a day go through the, the, uh, you know, the, the Suez Canal. So if you, you know, that's, that could be 10 days before they clear up the backlog. Yeah, that's exactly what they're estimating, 10 days. And, of course, a lot of uh, ships uh, already started on along that long, very treacherous uh, trip around the southern horn of Africa uh, because of the Suez Canal being uh, blocked. Uh, now, that only not, not only requires a lot more energy, a lot more fuel, but also has a lot more risk, specifically the risk of pirates on that, on that voyage. So you could easily see a lot of shipping costs already elevated because of the Hopefully, we're turning back after the pandemic. You could see some of those shipping costs go even higher, as exactly as you said, Heidi. Some of these uh, the blockages in this shipping system globally finally get worked out. Now that just in the last couple hours, as you said, that ship has been moved and is moving, and traffic is once again starting to 
move through the Suez Canal. Yeah, still, it's it's a crazy thing. We're speaking with Jonathan Honig from CapitalistPig.com. Yeah, I guess a lot of people are suddenly supply chain experts now that they've been on Twitter or Facebook the last couple of days. But I think many of us don't realize how much stuff we consume every single day, even down to the toilet paper, as you mentioned, that comes via these container trucks, or container ships. And these ships, Jonathan, in the last 10 years have gotten enormous. It's astounding to me how big these are. Yeah, I mean it's it's really tremendous, you know, Heidi. I mean, I, I consider that global supply chain kind of a kind of a work of art almost. When you think about it, you know, and it's often been said, you know, a lot of what Americans consume we import, but it's of course part of what makes it so cheap and so accessible. The fact that on Amazon we can get almost anything delivered. A lot of it made in China, but all of it delivered to our doors, oftentimes at very low prices. And behind that is that whole network of trucks and rail and ships and. And the docks and, uh, you know, moving all those raw materials and finished products globally and worldwide. So it, it really is an amazing global dance that with any type of a, of a, uh, of an issue gets, uh, uh, put in, in the gears, knocks up the gears as this did with the Suez Canal. Really the whole system clogs up. So what you're going to see is more and more manufacturers trying to diversify not just their shipping routes, but their supply chains as well. You know, we saw after the Chinese tariffs and after a lot of the, the dust up with China in recent years, Heidi, a lot of companies moving production to Vietnam, moving into other areas in Southeast Asia. You'll see that with shipping routes as well uh, as a result of this dust up in the, in the Suez uh, Canal. Yeah, it's going to make people rethink a lot of things. We're speaking with Jonathan Honig from CapitalistPig.com. You see him on Fox News all the time on all the shows. You know, one of the questions I had, and, and, and maybe you know the answer, maybe you don't. I was watching some videos online about this. That makes me an expert, Jonathan, YouTube videos. Um, <laughs> they were talking about the fact that when these ships go into the Suez Canal, they have to put an Egyptian pilot they have to pay to have an Egyptian pilot pilot it through. So it's not the Japanese guy or the Japanese company who had the ship. It potentially could be the Egyptian pilot. Do we know anything about that? And if that's true, who's going to have to pay? Is there insurance involved? I mean, talk a little bit about that or as much as you know. That, that's, a, that's a fascinating little nuance that I wasn't aware of, Heidi. I mean, it, in fact, I just took this opportunity to go back and, and learn a bit more, remind myself about some of the history of the Suez Canal very interesting, was actually built by Westerners. Mm-hmm. It was built by British, Israeli, and French, I believe back in the 1950s, and then ultimately nationalized. What does that mean? It was stolen by the Egyptians in the, in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Egyptians have run it since. Um, but, you know, there's a kind of a great injustice, I think, long term, that this was supposed to get a, a Western-owned and a, a you know, Western-run project that, uh, because of that, that politics, as you described, is been under the control of the Egyptians ever since. And if, in fact, it was exactly as you alluded to, if it was that their mismanagement, maybe that caused this accident, there could be global ramifications and liabilities still to come. Yeah, that's what it looks like. We're speaking with Jonathan Honu from CapitalistPig.com, talking about that ever-given ship that was stuck that all of us are going to be suffering as a result of. And I was reading somewhere, and I'm doing this from the top of my head, I'm not sure if I'm right about this, that it's something like $200,000 they have to pay per ship to get through there. I don't know if that was the number. I think that was the number I heard, but I'm not sure. So if that's true, we'll just go with it for a second. Imagine how much money they're making when they put about 50 ships a day through there. I mean, this is a huge cash cow for Egypt. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's cash cow, but, you know, it does need uh, maintenance. You know, part of what is to be still investigated is, is was there dredging that needed to be do, uh, done? Was there maintenance that needed right. done to make sure that that shipping way stays clear? So it's, it's not as if, uh, and, and certainly we're learning that now in terms of infrastructure spending that's, 
that's planning in our own government now, Heidi, in terms of the, the cost of maintaining some of that infrastructure. Uh, but there's going to be tremendous litigation, tremendous investigation still to come. The good news, especially for those of us who are consumers, is that the goods are moving once again. Right. And uh, a, lot, a lot of the problems... Now, the, the, the real fear, though, is, is the higher prices. You know, we haven't seen inflation in this country that is a, prices across the board moving higher. You know, you have to have been alive back in the really the 70s or 80s to remember it, Heidi. But that's the real fear of economists now. And something like this, this blockage in the Suez Canal, only adds to that shipping woes, adds the higher prices and fuels those fears of greater inflation in the economy writ large. Now that's true. We're speaking with Jonathan Honig from CapitalistPig.com. I'm also wondering, and I don't know the answer to this, but I'm wondering if as these ships just get enormous, and just I was just, once again, watching these YouTube videos and these captains they were interviewing and people who know much more than I'll ever know about it, talking about how much bigger they've gotten in the last 10 years. 20,000 containers on one ship, but the draft is deeper. The ship is way deeper in the bottom. And all these things. I'm just wondering if, you know, if they need to make the canal deeper, wider, maybe they need to start accommodating it. I, I really don't know. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, uh, unlike you, I didn't even watch the video on YouTube, so I'm not even that much of an expert, Heidi, but I tell you, I just am in awe as a consumer, as someone who revels in going on Amazon and picking off the items and having them delivered a day or two later. I mean, right. when you see those massive shipping uh, 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 boats out in on the horizon with all that merchandise loaded on it. I mean, it, to me, it's just a, a, a real evidence of human achievement to be able to kind of tame the seas, tame the the, 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 the markets, tame the bounty with, with that kind of uh, achievement. So I think it's a, it's a great sign that we're getting back shipping again and the goods are flowing thanks yeah. to, to man's creativity. Who cares if it was an Egyptian? The goods are flowing again. Yeah, we don't really. Well, the little the insurance companies figure out who is at fault, but it is fascinating <laughs> to see these and and how big they are and how they're able to you know figure out which ones go where on the trucks when they take them off. I mean, it truly is. When you look at these ships, it's it really is an amazing testament to human ingenuity. Yeah, I mean, an intermodal shipping like that—the idea that standardized uh, size of shipping carton and then that's ultimately put on the standardized size of flatbed truck. That was an American invention, I believe, mm. in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And I have to fact check, or maybe some of our audience can fact check. But that really revolutionized because it made the whole process so much more efficient. And oftentimes, like the evergreen, you know, a Heidi, we see it. It's stacked up all the way, all the way to the right. sides with container after container after container. They're all filled with goods coming to the U.S., cars coming to the U.S., electronics, and and, the, and, and that you know, part of that efficiency, a big part of it, is exactly what has made. So many goods, so affordable for so many Americans, rich and poor. So when you get something, you know, affordable, a great Christmas gift or something from Amazon, it comes right to your door at a low price. Uh, the shipping efficiency of some of these great companies has a lot to do with that. Absolutely. And I, I'm glad they're, it's finally free, and I'm hoping it doesn't hold things up too much because nobody wants to pay higher prices for anything. And uh, I'm just glad I'm not having to decide who's – were you first? Were you here first? Uh, were you here first? No, that ship. I was here first. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a mad dash. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be crazy. Jonathan Honig, always great to talk to you. Everybody check out CapitalistPig.com. Of course, you see him on Fox News all the time. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for making time. I know Fox called you the last minute this morning, and I really appreciate you making some time for me. Anytime. Uh, Heidi, the best to you, the best to your listeners. That's Jonathan Honig. Capitalistpig.com is his website. He's always great to come on with me. We had to shuffle him around last minute because Fox News called him in. He's on several times a week on Fox, and he's uh, got 
A lot of information. Great guy. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget to join me live for my live show, 9 a.m. to noon, five days a week on AM 670 KMZQ. There's a link to listen live at HeidiHarris.com. And you can find these podcasts anywhere you find podcasts. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Stockwell.